This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Uh, if you do take notes, uh, you can title today, Set the Record Straight. Set the Record Straight. Um, today's going to be a good day, promise you. And I, I always have these moments where I know that what I'm about to speak on has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with the Lord, and has everything to do with you finding victory in life. And that's exactly what we talked about when we were closing out worship, that Jesus comes to free us. Jesus comes to free us from religion. Jesus comes to free us from our thoughts about what we perceive God is. Jesus comes to free our souls and to bring victory in life to our lives. And today we're going to talk about um, something that is really dear and near to my heart right now, just about what we do when we go through storms in life. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay. Because we all do. And we're going to talk about it today. And, and I really want you to get heaven's perspective. Uh, so many times in life, we have a perspective based upon what we grew up with or based upon what we saw in church or based upon what we saw our parents do or things of that nature. And we don't really have a real God perspective about what God says about different things. So go with me. We're going to go to a bunch of different scriptures. You might just want to write them down, honestly, instead of trying to follow me. They'll be on the screen. Uh, but you might want to write them down so you can go back and reference them. First one today is Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45 says, You've heard the law say this, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Oh, man. I need some help with that in Jesus' name. Verse 45, in the same way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives sunlight to both evil and good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust of light alike. I want to talk about today what we do as followers of Jesus when we get rained on. Because the reality is this. We're going to get rained on in this life. Just this week, uh, Joaquin lost his job. uh, uh, Christina's dad, blood clot, his brain yesterday. Uh, Chrissy Yurdo lost her job. Uh, I heard today John Hancock lost his job. Uh, We've had, you know, people in church, marital issues. We have people in the church, family members passing away. And the things go on and on and on of storms, of moments that we're walking through life and we're getting rained on. And what do we do in these moments? We need God's truth about how we handle these moments when we're in the storm. Because I think so often in life, we think that we're just going to live at the mountaintop with God. You know what I mean? Like, there's this, like, belief that, like, oh, I know Jesus, and because I know Jesus, and because Jesus is good, that I'm always going to live at the top 
of the mountain. And that's just not true. And that's not even true to what the word of God tells us. But the reality is this. God wants to walk through every season of life with us, regardless if we're at the mountaintop or regardless we're in the valley and it's dark and we're getting rained on and we don't quite understand what's happening in life. God's still good in all circumstances, in all seasons, and God wants to walk with us in life. Amen? God wants to help us today, okay? So truth number one is this, reckless love of God. Truth number one is the reckless love of God. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I thought my parents were weird. Anybody else agree? You just thought, yeah, my parents are weird. The rest of you are all liars, okay? Okay, just straight up liars, okay? Listen, I totally thought my parents were weird. I remember uh, thinking about my grandma. I remember one time, my grandma was just kind of like looking at me. My grandma and grandpa were kind of like my mom and dad for a season in my life. And uh, my grandma was just looking at me one day. And I instantly went into defense mode. And I was like, I didn't do anything wrong, you know? Like, she's just kind of like staring at me. And she always told me that the Holy Spirit told her stuff. So I was always like, you know, really like, oh, gosh, what did the Holy Spirit tell you? I hope he didn't tell you about my drawer. You know what's in my drawer right now, you know? And so... Yeah, come on, can we just be honest, you know what I mean? Let's just be real in here, okay? So I, I remember one day she was just looking at me like, like that, and I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. She was like, oh, no, it, it's good. She's like, I just, I just love you, and you're just my sweet boy, and I just, I just love looking at you. And I was like, okay, cool, you know, like, thanks, appreciate it, you know? The other day, uh, my uncle called me, which is now like my dad, all right, if you're new to the church, my mom and dad split up. I grew up with my grandparents. They passed away, and then I ended up living with my aunt and uncle. So my uncle calls me every, yeah, he probably calls me every other week. And as soon as I pick up the phone, he goes, hey, Marvin, okay? And Marvin is my middle name, and none of you get to call me Marvin, okay? <laughs> nobody, nobody gets to call me Marvin, okay? But that's what he always says. He goes, hey, Marvin. And the other day, I was just like, he had called like 14 times, like within a few days. And I had, uh, I thought like, hey, somebody died. You know what I mean? Like I have to answer the phone. And he goes, hey, Marvin. And I'm like, what? What's up? What's up? You know, I'm like so busy right now in this season. And I was like, so like, like, why are you calling me right now? And he was like, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, a, a, a lot's going on. He's like, well, like what? I was like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm grinding a floor right now. I'm like, I'm like, is there something you need? You know, like I was such a butt to him, to be honest with you. But he was just calling. He just wanted to hear my voice. He just wanted to know, like, I'm alive and I'm good. And, you know, growing up, we think that's, like, kind of weird. But the reality is this. I'm that weird dad, too, to be honest with my kids, okay? Listen, the other day, um, Michael was sleeping because Michael has dropped out of school, to be honest with you, okay? My oldest, he's homeschooling, but he doesn't do anything, okay? Let's just, let's just, let's just be, let's just, let's just keep it real, okay? Listen, I, I'm praying that he's not getting dumber this year, okay? He's going back to school next year, okay? So Michael's my oldest, he's 13, and, and it's like, it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm calling his phone because I want to make sure that he's okay, you know what I mean? And, you know, what is he doing? He is sleeping, okay, literally. I mean, the kid would sleep till like, 4 in the afternoon if you let him right now, you know? And so I'm calling his phone, like, over and over and over and over and over and over. And then he finally picked up, and he's like, hello, you know? Like, I'm like, it's 1.30 in the afternoon. What are you doing? He's like, oh, sleeping, you know? And I'm like, your phone is off. It needs to be on. He's like, 
what's wrong? You know, I'm like, nothing's wrong. I just want to make sure that you're good, you're alive. And so I get off the phone, and then I look at my phone, and I realize, like, I've called this kid in the last 45 minutes 32 times, okay? <laughs> I've called him 32 times. He went, all right, so he was in school at the beginning of the year, then we took him out. It was a long, long story. Um, he went to a new school at the beginning of the year, and um, I remember at the beginning of the year, he came home one day, and he was telling me about some guys that were kind of, like, giving him a hard time. And I was like, you know, like, don't get bullied. Don't get, you know, pushed over. Like, you think I would be like, turn the other cheek. I'm like, no. I'm like, don't get messed with, you know. And so, and, Michael, and Michael's like, Michael's like my wife, Jess, like, super quiet, you know, like, kind of reserved. Like, you know, not super outgoing like me. You know, like, I'll fight at any moment, you know what I mean? Just anything. I'm just like, the other day, this guy, like, you know, was like honking at me, and I was like, you're number one, come on, let's do this, you know, and, and so, so Michael is telling me about this, and then a couple weeks later, he's like, dad, he came home from school one day, and he was like, dad, he was like, dude, this kid was like, he was like pushing, pushing me today, and I was like, what? I was like, are you serious? You know, like, like instant, like instant rage in my soul. You know what I mean? Just like zero to a hundred million. You know what I mean? And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I pushed him. And, I, and this is what Michael said. He said, he said, I told him to get the F off of me. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, that's my boy. You know what I mean? And Jess, and Jess is like, What? No, 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 you go to a Christian school. You cannot say these kind of things, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's my man. Let's go, you know? And then I'm like, all right, you get his name. You get his dad's name. You get his grandpa's name. Because I'm going to find them and let them know a few things too, you know what I mean? Listen, you're all like, where am I right now, you know? It's just the rawness today. Listen, I love my kids. Look, Ben, my middle, here, put that picture up of my boys. I forgot about that. Put that picture up. All right, these are my boys. I love them. Michael's 13, almost 14. Ben's nine, a four-year-old. And listen, Ben, I love Ben. He's at that, like, nine-year-old kind of weird, awkward, you know what I mean? Like, nine-year-old stage, kind of chunky, you know what I mean? We'll know he'll grow. And, And sometimes I'll just make Ben, like, sit on my lap for like an hour. I'll just like hold him there and just like make him sit. He's uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't care. I just want to kiss his head, you know. Listen, I love my kids, okay? And it's it's a love that is reckless. And it's a love that has no boundaries. And this is the love that Christ has for us. This is the same kind of love that God the Father has for us. There is no boundaries to his love. It says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. For God has proved his love by giving his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. Sometimes I think we forget that like God the Father is a father. Where do you think our love for our children comes from? comes from God, where he is love. He is the epitome of love. And this crazy love that I have for my children is the same crazy love that God had for his son. And he chose to take that son and to sacrifice that son for us here today. 
to give his life so that we could find grace, so that we could find love, so that we could find freedom, so that we could find joy, so that we could find peace. God's love is crazy for you. Because the reality is this, I love every single one of you with all of my heart. And when you go through things in life, my heart hurts. I pray for you. I love you. But the reality is this, if I had to take one of my sons for your life so that you could experience freedom, joy, peace, patience, love, everything that God has for you, there's not a chance in the world I would do it. Nothing. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my kids. There's nothing that I wouldn't sacrifice for them. You could take everything I own, strip it all away. But as long as they're good and long as they're healthy and long as they're whole, that's all that matters to me and my soul. That's crazy love. But that's the same love that God has for you. When Listen, when, when he said, I'm going to give my son Jesus for Nick, Okay, God was going, I'm all in. It's like a game of poker. He pushed all the chips to the middle of the table. He said, I'm all in on Nick. And if it was only Nick, if he only did it for Nick, he would have did it. Because that's how much he loves Nick. That's how much he cares about Nick. Him personally. And this is how God cares for us. He loves you intimately, deeply. He wants to show you his love and his goodness. We don't sing songs about the goodness of God just to sing songs. We sing songs about the goodness of God because we want you to understand God is good. He's a good God. He's a good dad. And he loves us with a crazy, crazy love that only can come from him. Point number one, God's love is reckless. Truth number two is this. God gives and he doesn't take. Listen, it breaks my heart when I hear people go, man, God gives and he takes. I go, ooh, mm -mm. I'm sorry. I don't know what worship song you heard that in. I don't know who told you that. I don't know what truth you got that from. Because here's the deal. A lot of people quote God and quote, per se, the Bible, and it's something they heard in a song. Or it's something that somebody told them. Or it's something that their grandma said when they were growing up. And they just heard it so many times that they just hear it and they hear it. And all of a sudden, something that is not even in the Bible ends up becoming a truth in their soul. Let me prove this to you. James chapter 1, verse 16 through 18 says this. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Whatever is good, whatever is perfect. Whatever is good, whatever is perfect. What did John 10, 10 say? Jesus came to give life and life to the abundant, whatever is good, whatever is perfect, who created all the lights in heaven, he never changes or casts shifting shadows. Meaning what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So the goodness of God, 
that we see Jesus living out for us is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Meaning this, he never changes, okay? God's character never changes. His love never changes. And I understand it's hard to understand this because when we grow up and we grow up in, you know, the world system and we grow up with, you know, even in our own houses, there are moments that our mom and dad praise us and they love us and they celebrate us. And there's moments that mom and dad are frustrated at us and angry at us and disappointed at us. But the reality is this, God's love for you never, ever, ever, ever changes. Oh, man. If we could get that in our soul today. I mean, it's something we go, yeah, that's really good, Pastor Jeff. Yeah, it's really good to hear that. It's great news. But if you can get it deep in your soul that God is a God who gives. He's a God that loves. He's a God that takes good care of you. And that his, his feelings for you don't change. Okay? God doesn't wake up one morning and, and he's, not, he's not schizo dad where he's like, one day I love you, and one day I'm frustrated at you, and one day, you know, I'm disappointed at you, and one day I'm happy with you. Listen, I understand that we, we feel that way, but that's not truth. God is good, and he's consistent. It says this in verse 18. He chose to give us birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, the Bible said, became his prized possession. Prized possession. Okay? You are God's prized possession today. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 says this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate if he asked for a serving of fish? Of course not. I love how plain the Bible is sometimes, you know? Listen, my son Ben loves frozen chicken nuggets, okay? All right? I mean, literally, we should buy stock in frozen chicken nuggets, you know what I mean? If Ben asked me for some chicken nuggets, I wouldn't go outside and be like, man, where's a good snake for him today? You know what I mean? Like, man, I know he wants chicken nuggets, but, phew, man, I think a snake is what he's getting today, you know? I'm just, just kind of frustrated at him today, and, man, maybe that snake will show him something, you know? I mean, it just doesn't happen. It goes on to say this in verse 12. Do you know a father who would give his daughter a spider when she asked for an egg? Of course not. Verse 13. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their own children and give them what they need. So the Bible saying imperfect people. Who's imperfect people? Us. We are the imperfect people God's talking about. He's going, listen, if you even know how to love to any degree, any degree, it goes on to say this, how much more will your perfect heavenly father give you all that you need? He's perfect. I want to I do this. Uh, I want to show, I'm going to explain this to you, okay? Uh, Omar, come here. Real quick. Give it up for Omar. I mean, give it up for his beard. Yeah, come on, get loud. Come here. Come. Dude, that was a stroll. That was like a, what's up, man? How you doing, you know? Dude, Omar's a G. He boxes, okay? I mean, this man is tough, okay? Listen, all right, I want to prove this to you, okay? I have this gift card for 50 bucks, Visa gift card, okay? And uh, Omar's like, hey, 
Now, I would never take this gift card and go, hey, Omar, man, I just love you. I'm so proud of you. You're my man. I just want to bless you. Dude, enjoy this 50 bucks. Like, just do whatever your heart's desire. Take your woman on a date. You know what I mean? Just, just, just enjoy life. Now, I would never give him that gift card, okay? Now, put it, put it in your pocket like it's gone. Put it in your back pocket, okay? And then, like, three weeks later, see Omar back at church and be like, hey, bro, how you doing, man? It's looking tough today, you know? Hey, how about that gift card? How, how to, where is it, man? You know? I, I know I gave it to you, but um, I'm kind of disappointed in you right now, and... Uh, I wasn't feeling the same way. I was like three weeks ago about you, you know, and you're like really like clamping down on that shoulder, you know, and you're like digging in. You're like, so, bro, where's the gift card I gave you? I need that back, man, you know. You'd be like, dude, what's wrong with you? You'd be like, dude, I would never. Listen, the moment that happens, Omar would be like, I never trust him again, right? Think about that. You'd be like, dude, I, I never trust his character. What, what's wrong with him? Dude, he loved me like three weeks ago, gave me this gift card. Now he's asking for it back? I mean, you'd probably tweet about it. You know what I mean? You'd probably, you know? You'd be like, what in the world is wrong with him? And, and it would break trust, right? Look, God wants us to trust him, right? And he's a good father that blesses. What did God do first? He gave. He gave his son to you before you even knew you needed his son. God is a giver. Show me anywhere in the New Testament where Jesus didn't give. You can't show it to me. Jesus always did what the Father did, right? So he's just reacting as the Father in heaven would, right? So Jesus goes around, and what does he do all the time? Acts chapter 10, so Jesus went around doing good, healing all, saving all. Love of God. Crazy, no boundaries, love of God. And we go, man, God gives and he takes, especially in the seasons it rains, right? Especially in the season that there's storms. Because we don't know how to justify things, right? In our brains, we're trying to justify what's happening in our life. And so we just go, oh, God gives. And then God, you know, God takes, here, give me that back. And then God just comes one day and he takes back his gift card. And at that very moment, your soul is going, I can't trust God. I can't trust his character. I can't trust who he is. And God's going, no, 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 that's, that's not me at all. That is not, that is not who I am. I am not someone who takes. I'm somebody who gives. I'm somebody who blesses. I'm somebody that loves. And I promise you, I will always love you and always give. Give it up for Omar, everybody. You take that money and enjoy that money. All right? Truth number three is this. 
Satan, the prince of this world. Little g God. Satan is the prince of this world. Little g God. Okay? And I'm going to explain, I'm going to help you understand why there's a lot of junk that we go through in this life. John 10.10 says this. A thief has only one thing in mind. Satan has one thing in mind. To steal, slaughter, and destroy. Satan has one plan for your life. To steal, slaughter, and destroy. That's his desire. To steal, to rob, to cheat, to take from you. You want to know who takes? It's Satan who takes from you, okay? It is not God the Father. Satan is the prince of this world, and I'm going to explain this to you. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, The next day the devil took him to a very high mountain, meaning Jesus. This is Jesus. He's been in the desert. He's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and now he's being tempted by Satan. It said the next day the devil took him to a very high peak, very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Verse 9 says this, I will give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Okay? Satan is offering to Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Okay? How? He's the prince of this world. He has authority in this world that we live in. He's offering to Jesus what Jesus once created, okay, and lost, okay? But it, I'm, I'm going to bring this all back around because y'all are like, where are we going with this, okay? I'm bringing it all back around, okay? Verse 10, Jesus said, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told them, for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Verse 11, the devil went away and the angels came to take care of Jesus. I'm going to help you understand this. In the book of Genesis, okay? These first few chapters in Genesis are just so crucial for us to understand, okay? Got to get it. God makes man, he makes woman. And what does he give to Adam and Eve? He gives them dominion and authority, okay? Dominion and authority, God said, listen, I built this beautiful world and all these plants and these animals and everything in it, and I'm giving it to you, Adam and Eve. I'm giving you dominion and legal authority to this place that I've put you in, okay? So it's their authority, okay? It's kind of like when you get the deed. I remember a couple years ago, we paid off our Honda Pilot, and they sent me the title to my car. I was like, yes, I own my car. The bank doesn't own my car anymore in Jesus' name. I own my car. This is my car, okay? Love that thing. Every once in a while, I just kind of look at it and go, eh, it's mine, you know? <laughs> just like it. This is what Adam and Eve had, okay? But when they chose to believe the devil in the garden, when they chose to walk in sin, they took that dominion and authority and gave it to who? Satan. Okay? They transferred what God had given them and gave it to Satan. 
okay? So then we ask these questions in life. Why is there, you know, famine in the world? Why is there terrorists in the world? Why is there super crazy, complicated, weird things happening in the world all the time? Why is there evil and darkness and, 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 and people, you know, doing in, in just crazy stuff in this world? Why? Because Satan's the prince of this world. And he's come to what? Steal, kill, destroy. Right? Okay? Now listen. Satan has authority in this world. Okay? He's got authority. And when we have people who are not subject to God the Father and Jesus and his goodness, Satan easily manipulates them. Can I get an amen? Amen. So you wonder sometimes, like, man, why does my boss treat me that way? Man, he's being led, right? You think, you watch the news, and you go, man, that's just craziness, you know? It's just, it's just, it's just cra- I mean, like, I've been following a bunch of the stuff that's been happening in Venezuela, you know? Man, just pray for the people of Venezuela. Man, there's people that are, like, hungry, and they're starving, it's just evil, just evil running the land, okay? So Satan has authority in this world until what? Two things. There are two things that stops his authority. Number one is this. When we, the people of God, say, no, 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 no more, no more, no more, no more. I have authority that God gave me. When Jesus went to the cross, and died on the cross. He said, it is finished. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says, as believers, we sit next to him at the right hand of the Father. So the same authority that Jesus has, we have in Jesus' name. So when I use the name of Jesus, just like when Jesus told Satan to leave, Satan leaves. Amen? So he has authority until I say, no more. No more. And he has authority until what? Jesus comes back. Right? Man, I can't wait. Dude, Jesus is going to be on a horse, a white horse. Bible says he has a big old tattoo on his thigh. You know what I mean? He's going to have a big old sword. You know what I mean? I'm going to be like, woo, let's go, you know? Be like, Jesus is back. We're doing this, you know? Jesus is coming back. And listen, as the clock is ticking, the clock is ticking. And some of us, we don't understand how close the clock is ticking. Jesus is coming back. The world's going to get crazier and crazier and crazier because Satan knows. Okay? Listen, Satan knows the word better than any of us in this room. He understands he's on a timetable, and he's got so much time to steal, kill, and destroy, and then Jesus is going to come back and go, no more. You're done. My people are coming home. Amen? So listen. We have to understand, God doesn't take, God gives. Satan takes, Satan steals. But here's what happens. Joaquin, come here real quick, like fast, like fast, like run, like fast, like a fast man, okay? Like fast, 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 okay? All right, here we go. Joaquin's my man. I love Joaquin and Reese. We were at Joaquin's house on Friday night. Beautiful home, beautiful family. God's doing so much in their life. They gave this beautiful testimony a few weeks ago about what God's doing. And this is what happens. Satan 
the one who steals, kills, and destroys, slithers on up, you know? And then what does he do? He bites Joaquin, causes strife. Joaquin gets let go one day from his job. His job's going perfectly fine. His marriage is going perfectly fine. God's grace, God's goodness, God's favor, blessings raining upon Joaquin in his life, right? And then he slides up and he bites Joaquin. And then you know what he says? He goes, hey, man, I told you God wasn't good, right? I told you you couldn't trust God. I told you all this was fake. I told you, I told you, just like he was in the garden, the accuser, right? And we go, man, so true. God's just, man, God gives and he takes. And God's going, no, no, that is not me. That is Satan. He comes to steal kill and destroy. But the thing that I know is this, is that God is good and God is faithful and God is always, 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 always on time. And I promise you, and I told Reese and I told Joaquin, you will not lack for anything in this season in Jesus' name. God will be faithful. He will provide because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't know the goodness of God until you go through some stuff. But once you go through some stuff, you go, man, God was faithful to my family. God was faithful to my kids. And now I know that I know that God doesn't take, God doesn't steal, God is good. And I promise you this, that Joaquin will get a better job with more money because God is faithful. Give it up for Jesus. Thank you. God is good. He's faithful to his people. Truth number four is this. You will go through storms. You will go through storms. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any, any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested. Okay? And can I just put in there, it doesn't say that when God tests you. Did you, did you get that? It didn't say when God tests you. It says, but when your faith is tested, because your faith will be tested, okay? Because the enemy, he's going to come, and he's going to go, yeah, Joaquin and Reese, let's see how real this is. I know that God's been real good to you for the last seven months, but let's just see how good he is, right? It says when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, Verse 4, so let it grow. Let it grow in the things of God. When your faith is tested, jump into the word of God. Jump into his presence. Jump into worship. Jump, go harder after God. Build your endurance. Build your faith. For when your endurance is fully developed. Can I just say we need some people with grit in Jesus' name? We just need some people with grit, some people with strength, some people to go, you know what? I'm going to praise God when I'm at the top of the mountain, but I'm also going to praise God when I'm in the valley because I got grit. I got endurance. I know how to trust my God through all the different seasons, through all the different times. I will trust God. Amen? It says this, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
perfect and complete in God. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 uh, through 5, it says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they will help us develop endurance. Here's this thing again, endurance. God wants you to have endurance. Why does God want you to have endurance? Because God doesn't want you to love him in 2019 and then walk away from him in 2024. Right? God wants you to be there on the day he comes back. And he wants you to bring a gang of people with him. Right? So he knows that you're going to need endurance in this life. It's just like a race. It's just like when I play basketball. I love basketball. And, man, I've realized that, like, I'm super out of shape lately. You know what I mean? And, like, I do not have the endurance that I once had, you know, and I need to get some endurance back. But how do you know? The only way you get endurance is by what? Me getting back into the gym. I got to put my body through some things. Listen, when your faith is tested, you will build endurance. And it says this, in your endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens your confidence of your hope of salvation. For we know how dearly God loves us. Right? How dearly God loves us. Because we've been given the Holy Spirit that fills our hearts with his love. Remember last week when I was talking about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit comes and he fills us? Listen, this is exactly what Romans is saying. Saying the Holy Spirit comes in these seasons, in these moments, and just loves on us. I was, I was kind of just, just kind of freaking out about some stuff in my mind yesterday, just about this new season and finances and just things that are going on. And I was driving and I just, the Lord just gave me, the Holy Spirit just gave me this, this picture of me sitting down and God the Father was over me and he had his hand on me. And the Holy Spirit was like, you are fine. You are fine. There is nothing to fear in this season. The enemy is freaking out. That's who's freaking out right now. Because he knows what's on my life. He knows what's on this church. Amen? Listen, we're going to have hard days. Don't freak out. Don't freak out when they come. Look, I love this. Like, is Matt back there? Matt. So, I've known Matt since he was like seven. Matt... I could tell you this, 100%. Matt would know that I want nothing but the very best for Matt and now Elena. The moment Matt said that he was marrying Elena, I was like, man, they are together. They are one, and I want the same things for Elena that I want for Matt. And Matt knows this. Why? Because he knows my character, and he knows my character. Why? Because he's done life with me. Okay? It's the same thing with God. When we go through some things in life, God goes, don't run from me. Run to me. Let's do this together. You'll learn my nature. You'll learn my character. You'll learn just how good I can be. I want to show it to you. Truth number five is this. The Lord is my refuge. Worship team, you guys can come on up. The Lord is my refuge. Psalms chapter 34. Verse 7 says this, or 4 through 7. says this, listen to my testimony. You know what I love about testimonies? They never 
ever lose power and strength, ever, okay? If God did something back in 1980 and somebody shares about it today in 2019, the same power that was on that testimony in 1980 is the same power that's here in 2019. Because what God, because remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Same yesterday, today, forevermore. Same yesterday, today, forevermore. Same. 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 I'll never forget. I was working at Living Word. After service, you know, like we're the pastors and we, you know, pray with people after service, you know. And uh, I remember this man came up to me, never met him in my life. He came up to me, he said, uh, I need prayer. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's awesome. You know, and I was, you know, as a pastor, sometimes you, you just like want like the easy things to pray for, you know, like, oh, my dog's sick. Oh, awesome, let's pray, you know. But he came up to me and he was like, he's like, I have stage four cancer. And they said, I'm gonna die in two weeks. He's like, I need a miracle. Something rose up in me and said, and the Lord said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jeff. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I healed in the New Testament, that means I healed today. And I said, do you believe that God's good? He said, absolutely. I said, do you believe God heals? Because I'm never going to stand in faith with somebody that they're not going to stand in faith for. I mean, my faith can't override your faith. I said, yeah. And I laid my hand on him. My hand got so stinking hot with the, just the presence of God and the healing power of God. I remember like three weeks later, he came back to me and found me. He goes, went to the doctor. There's not a trace of cancer in my body. Not a trace of cancer in my body. And the Lord said in my heart, he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, forevermore. Same yesterday, today, forevermore. So I said, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress and he answered me. He's a God who answers. He freed me from all of my fear. There's so many of you that are bound up in fear bound up in what you think God is, bound up in religion, bound up. And God goes, I want to free you. I want to take these shackles off of you. I want you to be free from fear so you can just walk with me and trust me. Know that I'm good. Listen, can I just say this? I apologize to all of you that grew up in church and did not get this message and did not get the grace of God and did not get the love of God and you got fire and brimstone and you were told that you were awful all the time. I am sorry that you got a wrong picture of who God is, but I am thankful that I have found out who God is. I'm thankful that I know today how good God is. I'm thankful for the grace of God that I get to live in on a daily basis. Verse five, it says, gaze upon him. Join your life with his. Join your life with his. Join your life 
with Jesus. I can just hear the Lord saying to some people today, join your life with me. Join your life with me today. And great joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. Verse 6. When I had nothing desperate to feed it, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. Bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it the most. God is still performing miracles today. God will perform a miracle for you if you'll trust him. I promise you, when the angel of the Lord stepped down, listened to my prayer, enriching me, empowering me, showing me how to escape. Some of you, you need to figure out how to escape situations that the enemy has brought you, and the Lord will give you wisdom, and he'll give you understanding on how to do it in Jesus' name. You will do this for anyone who fears the Lord. Verse 8 says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys for those who take refuge in Him. Taste and see. God's like, I want you to just taste my goodness. I want you to just see for yourself how good I am, how much I love you, how much I care about you. I can just feel it in my soul right now. God, the Holy Spirit reaching out to you going, man, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. All the Holy Spirit needs is just for you to open up your heart. Open up your heart. He will walk with you in these seasons. In my storm, in my rain, Peter and the, and the disciples are out in the middle of the lake and it's stormy, it's raining, and water's coming in the boat and they think they're going to die. And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Right time, right moment. Right time, right moment. Right time, right moment. And he goes, I got you. I got you. I told you you're going to the other side. I told you you're going to the other side. I told you you're going to the other side. I told you. Going to the other side. Going to the other side. Not because of you. Not because of your goodness. Not because of how many times you come to church. Not because of how much money you give. Not because of how many golden stars you have because you served on the welcome team. Not because of any of that stuff. You're going to get to the other side because God is good. And he's faithful. Always. And forever. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.